listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today I wanted to cover something. If you saw this, if you caught me on Instagram, um, there's something that I wanted to cover today that uh, I think is going to be extremely important. I was having lunch with a friend of mine yesterday that's a pastor, and we were talking about how important it is to not only understand your purpose, but one of the things we got talking about, which I don't know why people don't talk about this more often. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be taught from the pulpit. It needs to be understood um, by every Christian. But we, as we started talking about uh, our purpose, our personal purpose in Christ, one of the things, and I, I do want you to put this in the comments from the very beginning, um, one of the things that we have to understand is that my purpose, your purpose, is always location-based. Please put that in the comments. Please put that in the comments. Write it in your notes. Get it in your spirit. My purpose, your purpose, is always location-based. You say, what do you mean by that? Um, there's this erroneous thought process that, you know, you could literally um, go wherever you want, to do whatever you want, and uh, in your purpose, and, and, and God will... Uh, get behind it. God will support you in whatever you do. That's not scriptural actually. And I wanted you to understand this because when you recognize how this works, it makes a whole lot more sense in your personal life. You know, a lot of, a lot of times people love to quote the passage of scripture where the Bible says, you know, anywhere your foot treads, you'll have dominion. Well, if you go back and read the actual context of that passage, Everywhere your foot treads, you'll have dominion. It doesn't mean anywhere in the world your foot treads. The Lord was actually talking to them about the promised land. Anywhere your foot shall tread within the promised land, you'll have dominion. You have to remember, um, in the promised land, when God gave it to them, there were other people living there. (laughs) It wasn't empty. It wasn't like some vacant land that they were just moving their herds and their people into. There were others living there. In fact, when they first got there, there were giants in the land. There were giants in the land. And the Lord told them, wherever your foot treads in the promised land, you'll have dominion. And and, and Joshua and Caleb got it right. Let's go at once and take this land. We're well able. We are well able to overtake them, to be victorious over these giants. And so it's not anywhere in the world that you go, you'll have dominion. It's not anywhere your foot treads, period, because that would totally rule out obedience, right? That would totally rule out obedience. What's the point of me being obedient to the instructions of God if I could just go anywhere and it would work the same no matter where I go? That's not how it works. Our obedience to the Lord's instruction is what actually brings that dominion and that blessing, that increase, and our purpose is based in obedience. So get this now in your spirit. God has a specific purpose for you. God has a specific purpose for you. And when you understand that, then you realize, oh, I have to get those instructions from the Lord in order to complete my personal purpose. I have to have instructions. If I don't, I'll be making it up as I go. I don't want to make it up as I go. So what's the key? The key is that we are led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. So the sons of God should be led by his spirit. And that means God has specific instructions 
that are just for you, just for your life, just for your ministry, just for your business, just for your family. And so it's not about, I can just go do whatever I want. God will jump on it because I'm a Christian. His resources will be there. No, it's about discovering what does the Lord want me personally to do. Now, let me read to you a common verse that we read on the broadcast, but it needs to be read again today. Psalm 127, the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. That's Psalm 127 and verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So what does that mean? It's saying that if God's not behind something, then you're spinning your wheels. Is basically the purpose of that verse. If God's not behind something, you're spinning your wheels. And so the the point is, I have to know what is God doing? What does he want me to do? So that I'm not just working in vain, living in vain. You know what I mean? Toiling in vain. I don't want to watch, I don't want to walk the walls in vain, like it said about the watchman. I don't want to start building something that God's not in. I have no desire to do that. I don't want to build something that God is not in. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to be led by the Spirit. And I'm going to do what He's asked me to do. Well, uh, where do we see this? You know what's interesting to me? Is that you can see this even in the Old Testament. It's mind-blowing to me. You can see this even in an Old Testament context when people couldn't even be filled with the Holy Spirit, but God's Spirit was still leading his people. Go with me real quick to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, and um, I want to show you something that maybe maybe you've never seen this before. It's, uh, it's mind-blowing, and I don't even think I ever recognized it in this way until I started thinking about it uh, in regards to this, my purpose, my personal purpose. Um, this is the story of Abraham being called to sacrifice Isaac. But I want you to see how the Lord speaks to Abraham about this. Um, I'm going to go right to verse 1. This is Genesis 22 and verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, offer him there as a burnt offering, look at this, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. That's an important verse right there. Highlight it, underline it, get it in your spirit. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. He wasn't telling him right now. He said, I will tell you though. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, look at this now, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. And then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the hand and the fire and the knife and they both went together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, he said, I'm right here, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? <laughs> He's like, where's this, where's this sacrifice you're going to give? So I want you to catch this right off the bat. Uh, Abraham was getting ready to give God a sacrifice that was unprecedented and that would set him up for the, for the 
future of him being the father of our faith, the father of our faith. Um, how are you going to be a father of many nations if you don't even have a son <laughs> to bring you all of those descendants? How are you going to do it? So you can see it was a faith step on Abraham's part from the very beginning because he was getting ready to give his son of promise to the Lord, knowing I have a promise from God that I'm going to be the father of many nations. How's that going to happen if I sacrifice my son of promise? It is interesting to note here that when God speaks to him, he says, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. The funny thing about that is Isaac was not his only son. He had Ishmael. Ishmael was actually older than Isaac. But doesn't it blow your mind that God says, take now your son, your only son. Uh, an interesting um, little point here that I learned just from studying the original languages is that sometimes we look at this and we think, why would God call that his only son if he had another son? But truly, this Greek phrase in the Septuagint, this Hebrew phrase, it doesn't mean just that it's his only son, but what it, a more accurate rendering would be, take now your unique son or your one-of-a-kind son. Take now your unique son or your one-of-a-kind son. That uh, Greek phrase there in the Septuagint, very important because it's the same phrase that's used about Jesus in the New Testament. Isn't that wild? The same phrase used about Isaac is the same phrase used about Jesus in the New Testament. You know, when it says it's Jesus was God's only begotten son, well, that's no longer true. He has many sons, many sons now, but Jesus is not just the only son. He's the unique son. He's the one of a kind son. Hallelujah. Even in John's gospel, did you know? uses this same word to describe Jesus as the one-of-a-kind or unique God. The unique God in John's prologue in the Gospel of John. And so it's this phrase that helps us understand. God's not saying that Abraham doesn't have more than one son. He's saying, I want you to give me your unique son, your one-of-a-kind son. What does that mean? This is the son that Abraham had with Sarah. Not with Sarah's handmaid, but with Sarah. See, the miracle was supposed to be this. Abraham, you're old. And Sarah, you're old. But you will give birth, even in your old age. When you try to, uh, when you try to make that happen with, through the flesh, through the natural effort of, of man, what do you get? Well, you know, I'm too old to have babies. Take my handmaiden. Impregnate her. She'll give you a son. That's not, that wasn't God's plan. Wasn't God's plan. God's plan was Abraham. Yes, you're old. Sarah. Yes, you're old, but I'm going to give you both a son of promise. God wanted it to be miraculous. He didn't need a younger woman to come in there and give birth to a child for Abraham. He said, I'm going to do this in a miraculous way. So they did it in the flesh first, which they should never have done. And Ishmael was born son of the flesh. But then they did it the way the Lord wanted it to be done and gave birth to Isaac, who was the son of promise, the spiritual son. You had the son of the flesh and the son of promise. And the, the powerful thing about this is, we still see it today, that because of their disobedience first, there was now always a fighting, a division, friction between those two nations, Ishmael and Isaac. We're still seeing it today. We're still seeing it today between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Still today, the, the fighting has never stopped to this day because of one man's disobedience. God said, I'm not asking you to figure out how I'm going to do it. I just want you to obey me and believe me. And so he, he now takes this one of a kind son, this unique son. And God said, I want you to go to the land of Moriah. But when you get there, I'll show you the mountain. I'll show you the mountain. Put this in your notes um, and put it in the comments. I don't have to know everything ahead of time. That's a very important point when it comes to your personal purpose. 
I don't have to know everything ahead of time. Hmm. I don't have to know everything ahead of time. And a lot of times if people have that mentality, well, I need God, I need God to show me every step along the way before I ever get there. You'll never step out and do anything. Those types of people will never step out and do anything for the Lord because they always need God to give them everything ahead of them. God doesn't operate that way. That wouldn't take faith. If God told you everything that was going to happen ahead of time, it wouldn't take faith for you to do it. That's it. Put it in the comments. I don't have to know everything ahead of time. And you don't. You don't. You just obey him with what you do currently have. What instruction do you currently have? Obey it. And then watch what he opens up for you past that, beyond that. I don't have to know everything ahead of time. And Abraham didn't. He knew where he was headed in direction, but didn't know the exact place God wanted to do it. Here's the powerful thing. As he was being led by God's spirit, there was a reason. There was a purpose. God was leading him by his spirit to a specific place. This is what we need to get in our, in our spirits as we're being led by the, by the Holy Ghost in our own personal lives. Notice this. They get to the top of a specific mountain in the land of Moriah that God led Abraham to, and he did it on purpose. And after they laid Isaac down and was ready to be sacrificed, and he has the knife, and he goes to uh, sacrifice his son, the Bible says an angel stopped Abraham before he could sacrifice Isaac. And we go to verse 15, and the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you've done this and have not withheld your son, your unique son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, the sand that's on the seashore, your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. That's his, that was his promise because he obeyed. But now jump back and let's see why he's in this exact place. Uh, in verse 11, the Lord called from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. He said, don't lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you've not withhold your son, your only son, your unique son from me. Verse 13, here's the whole picture. You ready? And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram, offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Powerful. Now get this, get this in your heart. Hey, Los Angeles. Hey, Ireland. Good to see you guys on today. As God was taking him to a very specific place, notice, notice the importance of this. If Abraham had just said, you know what? Forget traveling. I'm just going to sacrifice him right now, right here, Lord, at, at home. He'd have missed it. He'd have killed his son when that's not really what God wanted. And he'd have missed out on what God had prepared for him. So as he follows the, the leading, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, goes to the land of Moriah, then he lifts up his eyes and sees the exact place that God wants him to do what he's called him to do. He goes up that mountain and look, he looks right behind him. And there is a ram that God stuck in the thicket. I mean, think about that. God prepared this ram. Now, when you think about this even more deeply, it's mind-blowing. Because um, one of the things that you'll realize and recognize is God didn't accept every kind of offering, did he? You couldn't just pull anything out of your flock and give it to God. In fact, if you read Malachi chapter one, you know what was really making God angry is that they were giving God their leftovers when it came to sacrificing animals. And the Bible says they were giving crippled animals. 
They were giving blind animals. And God was so mad about that. He said, why don't you try giving those offerings to your governor and see if he accepts them? Because God knew he wouldn't accept them. He's not going to accept that. Neither will I accept it. And he said, I will not accept an offering from your hand. Get that in your spirit. I will not accept an offering from your hand. Well, why? Because it's not the offering I asked for. And so we know, one thing we know for sure, God is not required to accept every offering. He's just not. He's absolutely not. And here, I think it's very interesting because notice the Lord places a sacrifice in the thicket for Abraham in the exact place that he called him to go. Exact place. Um, I want you to put it in the comments one more time. My purpose is location-based. My purpose is location-based, without question. Without question. Your purpose is location-based. You can't do it anywhere in the world. You got to do it where the Lord tells you to do it in the world. Hallelujah. It's got to be where the Lord tells you to do it in the world. So notice, it's like, it's like you know, my, my wife and I. See, we didn't understand fully what was going on when the Lord started to lead us over the last five years. I didn't understand uh, 20 years ago the purpose or the point of this. I didn't understand the purpose or the point of this. And the Lord was teaching me something. Even when I was leaving Bible school, and now I've been in the ministry for 20 years, but when I left Bible school and I was praying and fasting about what is my next move? Where am I supposed to go now? What am I supposed to do next? And when the Lord gave me the instruction, you know, knowing that I'd been called to be an evangelist since a young boy didn't make sense to me because I hear this, I'm in fasting and prayer and I hear the Lord say, I want you to go to Virginia beach. I was in West Virginia at the time and I was traveling a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. And the Lord said, I want you to go to Virginia beach and I want you to, uh, be a help to your uncle. I want you to plant that church with him. And he was planning a church in Virginia called Dominion Christian Center. He's pastoring that church now. And uh, I was like, Lord, that doesn't make sense. I thought you called me to travel and to be an evangelist. And the Lord just gave me that instruction. I want you to leave where you are. I want you to locate, uh, relocate to Virginia Beach. That's where I want you to be. And I want you to do the thing that I'm telling you to do. Well, I didn't understand that at the time. But thankfully, I obeyed anyway. Even though I didn't understand Thank God I obeyed anyway. And so I go down and God sets me up. Well, I start to realize all of these wonderful things the Lord did for me. That while I was in the place that God called me to be, not just the things I received spiritually, which was also a massive benefit, but on top of that, God blessed me there with a wife, the right wife, the right, and then children came and then blessed me with the right house. That ended up being a massive blessing to us and still is. And then all of these things, well, all of it was location-based. All these things that were happening were happening right there. What God had for me was happening in the place that he called me, in the place that he called me. If I could tell you miracle after miracle about how God did those things, even that house that I bought when I was, you know, what, 23 years old, I bought that house, go in and I'm sitting there in the closing, uh, doing the closing with the, um, uh, the attorney and all this. And the, even the attorney, let me tell you how supernatural this is. I'm in the place where God wants me to be. I'm buying the house. God wants me to have, I mean, he's interested in every detail of your life. And I'm sitting at the table and the attorney, that's not even my attorney. He just keeps looking at me. He's kind of looking at me weird. And then finally the attorney couldn't believe. He said, how old are you anyway? And I told him, he said, man, I, I can't believe this. He said, this is really impressing me. He pulls a checkbook out of his jacket Think about this. Think about how supernatural this is. This attorney, who's not mine, he's the owner's closing attorney, pulls this out of his jacket. And he says, I'm telling you, this is really impressing me. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write you a check. Talking to me. I said, what? He said, yeah, I'm going to write you a check. He pulls his checkbook out, writes me a check. He said, I'm going to pay your, your homeowner's insurance for the first year. And this, this attorney writes me a check 
as I'm sitting at the table. I'm sitting here thinking, you know it's, it's a miracle when, when lawyers start to give you money. <laughs> and here I am at the closing table, and, and the, Lord's, the Lord's doing it. The Lord's doing it. And here I am getting blessed in the location God called me to be. And all the things that took place from there. And I'm telling you, then I'm, then I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so blessed in this location because it's where the Lord's told me to be. And then all of a sudden I get this instruction from God and I'm driving late at night, going to preach somewhere. And, uh, I was by myself. I'm praying in the Holy ghost. Many of you know the story and the Lord gives me another instruction. Again, you don't have to understand all of the instruction. I didn't then. I did not understand it then. Didn't understand it in 2002. Didn't understand it in 2016. And the Lord said, I want you now to relocate. Once again, I'm getting a, an instruction to relocate. And he said, now I want you to go to South Florida. Well, that made zero sense because now I wasn't on staff at the church anymore. I hadn't been for about uh, six years. Six years I'd been traveling and preaching as an evangelist now. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, why would I do that? Like back then I used to drive to almost every one of our meetings pretty much, have the family with me. And I thought, man, if I move to South Florida, then literally it's going to take a full day just to drive out of the state to wherever we're headed next. And I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, seriously. And the Lord said, no, I want you to be there. And he told me, I want you to be at the church, which was Abundant Life Church, which is where we're at. Uh, I want you to be there. I want you to plant there. I want you to locate there. Well, I didn't even know. The Lord brings me down. I moved down in 17. We lived there uh, for two years uh, in a rental property. And God was setting us up because there was a property across the street, as you guys know. And the Lord was just having that owner drop the price and drop the price and drop the price and drop the price until we scooped it up. Two years later, the house is shot up in value, all the stuff through the pandemic. Well, God had that, that was in that location for me. That was sitting there waiting for me in that location. I want you to think about it. God puts, God puts a house in our hands that, it, that only in, what would it be? Two and a half short years doubles in value, doubles in value. Now that's, that's a location-based blessing that wouldn't have happened, uh, where, where, where I was previously, it wouldn't have happened where I was before that. But the Lord took me to a specific place because your, your purpose is location-based, took me to a specific place and put something in my hand in a location. Get that, that double. Then you know the story. My father comes, holds camp meeting. All of a sudden, I get a prophetic word. Notice that the prophetic word is location-based. He said, you're going to get a building. Well, where is that? Here, where the Lord planted you. You're going to get a building here. Not in Virginia, not in West Virginia, not in Tulsa, Oklahoma, not in New York City. Here, where the Lord planted me. And, and the Lord said through my father, you're getting ready to get a building. And then, to make it even more clear... He draws the building, as you guys have seen. He drew it out. He sketched it. Now, that building existed somewhere in the earth. Where? In the place God planted me. Didn't exist in Virginia. Didn't exist in West Virginia. Didn't exist in uh, Tulsa or New York or anywhere else. It existed. Now, this is going to blow your mind. It existed four miles down the road from my doorstep. The very house. None of us had ever seen it before. None of, none of us had ever seen it. None of us had ever laid eyes on it. But the Lord showed it to us first through a word, secondly through a sketch. And we go down and we, we pull into the parking lot after looking at about six, seven other properties that look nothing like that. They look nothing like that building. We pull into this final property. Boom. It looks exactly like what was sketched and the word that was given to us. We go into there, talk to the owner. He gives us the building for a half the price of every other property, half. Where was that? It was location-based in the place God planted me, the place God called me, the place God showed me. And then as we're sitting there, we didn't even tell anybody. Didn't even tell one soul. Not one soul. And then all of a sudden, a partner feels in another part of the United States, we're supposed to sow a seed into Miracle Word Ministries. They sit down, write a check, they mail it in. We open the open the envelope and look at it. And there, that whole 
year of the building was paid in full. And it's happened three years in a row. Three years in a row. When in the first year, nobody knew. Nobody knew. But it's now happened three years in a row. That the Lord has paid for that cash. Didn't come, I mean, literally, I didn't have to scrounge for it. I didn't have to look for it. Same thing the Lord's done with television and everything else. That it's all based, it's location-based in your purpose. Now, you can do whatever you want if you want to. You can go wherever you want if you want to. You can live wherever you want. You can go to church wherever you want. You can work and do whatever you want. But keep in mind, it will be your own resources that have to take care of it. It'll, you'll, you'll be responsible for all your strength, all your relationships, your connections. You'll be responsible for your open doors. You'll be responsible for uh, all of your money. You'll be responsible for all. But if you do what the Lord tells you to do, and you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit and understand my purpose is location-based. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to go where the Lord wants me to go. I don't want to end up in just any place. I want to go exactly where the Lord has me. Imagine if Abraham wouldn't have done it. Imagine if Elijah wasn't led by the Spirit in a, in a famine and drought. The Lord said, I'm going to take you somewhere. Takes Elijah, sits him right next to a freshwater brook called Kareth. And then causes ravens to come and give him morsels of bread and meat. Where? In the location that God called him. Think about that. In the location where God called him. It's based upon the leading of the spirit. It's based upon obedience. Notice that. I don't want to do. That's why I don't even tell my children. I don't even tell my children. When you grow up, you can be anything you want to be. No, I don't tell them that. I don't want them to hear that. Because that's not, that's not the spirit-led way. No, what we tell them is, when you grow up, you'll be what God called you to be. That's the word. That's the word. When you grow up, you'll be what God called you to be. You'll hear his voice clearly. You'll be led by his spirit. And you'll be what God called you to be. That's what I want my kids to hear. To notice, we're not in, remember something, and let me read it. I'm not in control of my life. I'm not in control of my life. Not if I'm truly a spirit-led Christian. Hmm. Let, let me read you 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. I don't belong to me. You don't belong to you. So vital that we get this. I don't belong to me, and you don't belong to you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Notice what he's saying here. You're not your own. You don't belong to you. Who do you belong to? God. Because Jesus purchased you with his own precious blood. And so now you're not your own. I'm not my own. I don't run my life. The Holy Ghost runs my life. Amen. Have you ever seen somebody, maybe you never have, but you know that it, it happens and that it exists. If you've ever seen somebody that's demon-possessed, I've seen it. I've cast demons out of people. Demon-possessed. Well, let me tell you what happens. People that are demon-possessed are controlled by demon spirits. People that are demon-possessed are controlled by demon spirits. But remember, we have the opposite. We are Holy Ghost-possessed. I'm Holy Ghost-possessed. You're Holy Ghost-possessed. So you know what that means? I should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. I should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you the difference between someone who's demon-possessed and someone who's Holy Ghost possessed. When you are demon possessed, the devil takes violent control of you. Takes violent control. So in the case of being demon possessed, you're controlled like a marionette puppet, like Pinocchio. You're, you're controlled where it's controlling your actions and your words and you're controlling you, forcing you. But when you're Holy Ghost possessed, 
you're not controlled by force. See, because he doesn't manipulate or control his children, but he leads them and he guides them. Someone who's demon-possessed doesn't have any choice whether or not they're controlled by that demon. But someone who's Holy Ghost-possessed has a choice. You can choose to be led by the Holy Spirit who's within you or to refuse to be led by the Holy Spirit who's within you. See, the difference is we are not cattle. We are sheep. I want you to put that in the comments. I'm not cattle. I'm not a, I'm not a cow. We're not cattle. We are sheep. There's a big difference there. There's a big difference there. I want you to get it in your spirit. We're not cattle. We are sheep. Here's the difference. Are you ready? Cattle are driven. Sheep are led. Get that in your spirit. Cattle are driven. Sheep are led. That's a big difference. You don't have to stand behind us with a whip and drive us. It's not a, the kingdom of God's not a cattle drive. The kingdom of God's not a cattle drive. The kingdom of God is a flock being led by the shepherd. The kingdom of God is not a cattle drive where the Holy Ghost stands behind us and whips us and drives us. It's not how it works. The kingdom of God is a flock of sheep being led. Hallelujah. And that's an important distinction. Because look, even in the Old Testament, even in the wilderness, what did they have? What, who was the, the, the Spirit of God to them? He was a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Let me ask you, did he go behind them and drive them forward? Or did they follow the cloud and follow the fire? Of course, they followed it. He went ahead of them. The Holy Ghost goes ahead of you, makes the crooked places straight. Notice that when God is showing you what to do, he goes out ahead of you. If you'll remember the, the word that I preached, if you were with us uh, and God gave us the word for 2022, it's a year of divine possession. Um, he had us look at Joshua chapter three, and that's so powerful to understand. The Bible said, now listen, let the priests who are bearing the Ark of the Covenant go out ahead of you, about 3,500 feet ahead of you, and let them go first so that, you'll, so that you'll know which way to go because you've not been this way before. Hallelujah. Whoo! Feel the Holy Ghost on that. Let the priests bearing the Ark go out ahead of you so that you'll know which way to go because you've not been this way before. What does that mean? It means that he's leading you in a way that you've never, you don't have any understanding. You don't know which turn to make. It's like a GPS. If I'm going somewhere I've never been, boom, I'll pop it into the GPS. What do I get? Voice guided navigation. That'll take me where I need to be because I don't know where I need to be. I don't know what turn I need to make, but the Holy Ghost knows. So he leads us. He guides us. Thank you, Jesus. He leads us. He guides us. Amen. And so what we need to understand right off the bat is that in this kingdom life, we are not driven, we're led. And every blessing God has set aside for us, our purpose is location-based. That's why I'm always surprised when people make decisions in their life, in their family, business, ministry, whatever, and they don't pray. They don't inquire of the Lord. They don't ask him, what, Lord, what should I do? Which way should I go? They don't ask him. They don't care to ask him. They just do what they want to do. And people wonder, I don't know why my blessing's being held up. I can tell you why. Have you inquired of the Lord? Have you asked him where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing, how you're supposed to be doing it? I know for a fact, every person that's watching, the Lord has somewhere he wants you to be. You know, a lot of times we talk about I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the army of the Lord. Okay, then let's compare it to the military. If you're in the military, do you get to choose where you go on your missions? Do you just get to say like, hey, just checking in. 
I'm actually going to be heading over today to Syria. I know you guys are doing a mission, uh, you know, in Iran, but I'm actually headed over to Syria and uh, got a few things I want to take care of over there. So I'll be taking my gun with me and a lot of ammunition. They don't let you go rogue. They don't let you just go do whatever you want to do. If you're in the military, what do you receive? Orders from a commanding officer. And your commanding officer will give you the details of what he wants you to do, but not just what, where he wants you to do it. Glory to God. Get this. Not just what he wants you to do, where he wants you to do it. That's so powerful. And then here's the thing that'll, that'll get you stirred up is that after they tell you what they want you to do and where they want you to do it, notice they provide the transportation. If you're in the military, you're, you, don't have, you don't have to provide your own uh, passenger plane, cargo plane, battleship. Uh, you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to provide your own submarine. You don't have to provide your own aircraft carrier. It's like, hey, we want to get you overseas, but we need you to, uh, if you can, just acquire, just to go acquire an aircraft carrier for us because uh, we've got a lot of stuff we want to take. They don't, they provide it. You're part of their military. They provide the transportation. What else? Do you have to pay for your own gun? Do you have to pay for your own ammunition? Do you pay for your own uniform? No, no. They provide you with the weapon. They provide you uh, with the uniform. They provide you with the ammunition. People don't even understand. You know, that's, uh, you know, you remember if, if anybody that's my age will remember G.I. Joe. <laughs> Throw your hand up in the comments if you remember G.I. Joe, American hero. That was the tagline. G.I. Joe, American hero. Uh, or they would refer to somebody as a GI, you know, especially during the, the World War and, and whatever. They would refer to people as he's a GI. But nobody understood what GI meant. But GI, even in GI Joe, what they call the soldiers GI, GI stands for general issue. People don't understand that. Uh, it stands for general issue. What does that mean? Everything that you had as a soldier was issued to you from the military and they had for every category they had something that was the general issue so what what sidearm do you receive well here's my general issue sidearm this is the sidearm that they give to all of their soldiers and so this sidearm is my general issue commonly like a colt 45 you know you had a 45 on your hip and then you know back you go to world war ii they had the m1 right you had all these things, but what were they? General issue equipment. The boots that you had were general issue boots. Your helmet was general issue. It went to everybody. Did you provide that? No, they issued it to you. They issued it to you. It's the same in the kingdom of God. It's same in the kingdom of God. As you are engaged in doing what God's called you to do, you're not responsible for your transportation. You're not responsible for your own uh, a paycheck, your own pay, your, your own resources, your own strength, your own ideas, your own open doors, your own... Con no, no, you're not in charge of all that. You're not the head of the Lord's army. You're not the head of the Lord's army. Jesus is the commander of the Lord's army. And so he will issue you things that you are called to have in the midst of your purpose. I'm not responsible for my transportation. God will take me there. That's why I love... Um, that's why I love, um, listening to Bishop Oyedepo teach on that because at his church, they have a motto that they live by. If the Lord can't take us there, may we never arrive. If the Lord can't give it to us, may we never have it. And if the Lord didn't tell us to do it, let it remain undone. I love that because that's exactly how God's army works. If God doesn't want me to have it, he won't give it to me. If it's not something for me, then don't let me have it. If it's not somewhere he wants me to be, I'm not going. Amen. If it's not something that's part of my purpose, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want to be bogged down in any idea, any agenda, any plan that's not part of my purpose. It'll just use up my strength and resources and my time and talent. I don't need it. 
I only want what's a part of my purpose. Everything else can fall to the wayside. That's how you have to be as well. People get burnt out doing things they weren't ever called to do. It's not part of your purpose. And you know what's you know it's a big part of this a lot of times? Comparison. Well, I see so-and-so doing it, I can do it too. Well, he did it, I'm gonna do it. She did it, I can do it too. No, that's that's not how it works. Everybody's purpose and call is different in the kingdom of God. Everybody's purpose, everybody's call is different. But God does have a purpose for you, and it is location-based. Maybe you're at a place where you're like, man, I never knew that. Maybe it's time to fast and pray again. You feel like you're hitting a brick wall. You don't know why things aren't working out. You don't understand what in the world is happening in my life, my, my business, my ministry, my family. Maybe you're engaged in something that the Lord never asked you, called you to do. And so today, as I pray for you, I want you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's time for you to fast and pray again and say, Lord, what is it that uh, you want me to do personally? What is it that I, where am I supposed to be? Am I out of position? Because Lord, if I'm out of position, show me what to do so that I can be in position again. Amen. And he'll, he'll speak to you because he wants you to be in position. Amen. So Father, I pray for every person that's watching today, that's listening on the podcast. And Lord, if they're out of position, if they're in a place they're not called to be, if they're dealing with things that you never called them to deal with, because they're in the wrong position, I pray you'd speak to them today. Let this be a day of instruction from heaven that we hear clearly your voice and we begin to obey from this moment. Lord, if that means that we have to relocate, let us relocate. Lord, if that means that we have to stop what we're currently doing to begin something else, let it be done. Don't let us waste one more drop of energy doing something that we weren't called to do in Jesus' name. Don't let us waste one more drop of energy doing what we weren't called to do. Lord, from this day, we ask you to give us perfect leading and guidance by the power of your Spirit in Jesus' name. We will never miss it again. Lord, as we step out by faith to do what you've asked us to do, I pray that you would bring a swift increase to your people. Bring a swift increase to your people. Let there be so much blessing in the final six months of this year that it would blow our natural minds in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for that. We give you praise for that in Jesus' wonderful name. And if you believe, shout amen where you're at. Throw some hands up in the comments and give God praise that from this day forward, you're never going to miss it again in Jesus' mighty name. From this day forward, you're never going to miss it again in Jesus' wonderful name. Listen, one of the things that I want you to pray about is, because we've prayed about it, and we want there to be uh, thousands of people that will stand with us. I mean, we're asking the Lord, Lord, attach to this army thousands of people, the miracle word team that believe that this is the time now to reach the harvest before Jesus comes back. And the Lord's speaking to you, stand with us on a monthly basis, partner with this ministry. Maybe you've never stepped out to partner with us before. Do it and watch what the Lord will do in your life. Watch the breakthroughs that'll come. We have so many testimonies that have come back of people that have stood with us, partnered with us. And they're like, man, my life began to turn around from the moment I began partnering. I've seen people, I like to watch sometimes, I'll get reports from our administration department is like, man, so-and-so bumped their partnership up again. They bumped it up again. Why? Because they're recognizing God is blessing them as they're giving, as they're sowing. I want to challenge you. Now's the time to get to work. It's not the time to let our foot off the gas. It's time to press in and watch God move. And if you've never partnered with us before, go to miracleword.com. You can see it on your screen. Click on that partner page. Fill out the form. Stand with us on a monthly basis. God will bless you but you're being a blessing to the kingdom at the same time. Here's what we want to do. In the month of June, for those that are partnering with us at $1,000 or more, we're going to send you these three gifts. The Net Study Bible with 60,000 translators notes. Uh, Dr. T.L. Osborne's book, The Message That Works. And then, of course, Dr. Leroy Thompson's book, Money Cometh to the Body of Christ. 
for those that are sowing $1,000 or more. Those of you that are sowing $250 or more, we're still going to send you those two books. And then for those that are standing with us at $85 or more, we want you to have Dr. Thompson's book, Money Cometh to the Body of Christ. And uh, this will be a huge blessing to you guys. And um, I know it'll open up, open up your spirit and your mind. The one of the things that I think people don't recognize is the more information you have from the word of God, the more revelation you get, the higher you fly in the kingdom. The Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So you can only fly as high as the level of revelation that you currently have. Faith is compartmentalized, which means that you can have faith for one thing and not have faith for other things. And so you have to fill yourself constantly. And we help, we want to help you do that. We curate these books every month. Make sure you have things that are building your spirit in every area, not just one, but in every area. And I pray that it's doing that for you as well. Listen, one other thing I want to say to you today. Um, I want you to be a part of Bible study made simple. If you, if you didn't get a chance to sign up when we first opened this uh, program, I want you to be a part of it. Bible study made simple. We're teaching how to study the Bible properly. All of the techniques and the tricks that we use, uh, all of the tools and the resources that we make use of, and we're teaching you how to use them. We're teaching you how to be a student of the Bible. We've made it extremely affordable. It's only $15 a month. We're going to be reopening this course in the month of October, uh, but only for about a week and a half before we close the course again, because we take people through. Right now, we're in the middle of a deep dive on the book of Galatians, and it's, it's been awesome. But we want you to be a part of it. And if you'd like to be on the wait list to get in as soon as we open the course, go to bible.miracleword.com. bible.miracleword.com. Sign up on the wait list and we will notify you as soon as the course is open. And it's going to be amazing. I'm telling you, don't miss this upcoming semester of Bible study uh, made simple. Again, don't forget, this, this is awesome. The new kids book is available worldwide, amazon.com in your territory, anywhere you are in the world. But if you want to get bulk orders for your classes, for your children's church, your family, whatever, go to shop.miracleword.com. We'll give you a discount. And if you're purchasing the book through our store, you're also going to get stickers and bracelets for the kids as well. And so just wanted to tell you it is now available worldwide. I love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging with me again today. Again, we're here in York, Pennsylvania. The tent meeting is continuing on. You can watch it 7 p.m. Eastern each night on my father's Facebook or YouTube channel. Search Ted Shuttlesworth Faith Alive and uh, join us. I love you guys a lot. Have a great, great day. And I'll talk to you again in the morning. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.